Almighty God, we love you this day. It's good for us to be here gathering and, and worshiping at home. And Father, it's just good to be around your word and singing and giving you worship and praise. And it's good for us to remember who you are. And, and, and certainly we could spend a long time talking about and thinking about and singing about who you are. It's just good to be reminded that you do make ways when the ways seem very, very difficult or hard to find. And that sometimes miracles are big and exciting and sometimes they're small and almost unseen. But you make a way, God, and you always have and you always will. And so we acknowledge and believe that even though when we can't experience it or don't see you, that you still are working your ways and your will for your glory. And we are amazed that you would call us to be your own. We're amazed that you'd give us your son, that we might know you personally, not <clears throat> just as a great I am, but also as Abba, Father, Daddy. God, we are, are amazed that you would even be mindful of us. Who are we? So we come this day humbly, realizing that it's not just a group of nice people getting together. God, we believe that we enter corporately into your presence for worship. As we sing, God, you hear and know the conditions of our hearts. God, and these become like singing prayers to you. Oh, Christ, we adore and love you and worship you and exalt you. And so <clears throat> it's, it's just good for us to be here. <clears throat> Father, I do pray for our church. In particular, I pray for our kids. Many of our high schoolers are now up uh, at, at uh, districts uh, uh, with a bunch, really, a lot of other high schoolers from around Wisconsin. Oh, God, I pray for this time away that they would sense your voice in a fresh, powerful way. God, would you call our kids to yourself? Uh, would you use them? And, and God, may they become a force, you know, for you. Uh, so bless those leaders, uh, Jeremy and Aaron, who are out there taking care of things. And God bless them, I pray, and keep them and use them. Indeed, we do pray for your church around the world, for Denison and, and uh, Vania in Africa. God bless their work, their ministry. And Lord, we'll always pray for the persecuted church, you know, who gets beat up by doing the same stuff we're doing right here, right now. You are amazing God, and you are powerful. So it's our honor to come this day and worship you. Please, Spirit of God, may we continue to hear your voice. Will you speak through your words, speak through your servants, God, that we, your people, might hear afresh from you. We ask these things, believing you hear us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. We're glad you're here. Uh, thank you to Tim and Rebecca Finn, who uh, stepped in today as Aaron's out taking care of our kids. They're doing some, some youth stuff, so we're glad that you know, they've stepped in to do that for us. Um, <clears throat> folks, as you know, Israel was given a whole bunch of, of festivals. Like every Jewish kid grew up knowing and hearing all about Passover. They knew about, you know, cleansing the house, getting all the leaven out of the house and cleaning the house. And they knew it. And, and so there were like six of them. And every kid knew them, but they said it over and over and over again so they'd never forget. It's kind of like our Christmas. We had Christmas, but you already know the Christmas story. We just do it because it's so important. And we remembered how, how, how vital that is. And, and well, you know Easter. You know the whole story, but we'll do it all over again because it's good for us to be reminded of things that are first important. Every year, I have tried to remind us of some things that are of first importance. 
Um, and so we've got our five values that you may have heard about. Hopefully, these are not review. I mean, hopefully, these are just review. Um, so this church, has, we kind of think of ourselves like a tree, a tree model. So a tree has got like branches that go this way. Uh, we exist to do worship well. You know, so we're not trying to lead you in song. We're trying to lead you in worship. Uh, and, and the roots, they go down. Uh, those go down. Uh, people should, have, should be rooted in the word of God. Folks, we believe this. If whoever up, is up here preaching teaches the word of God, reveals the, that he will speak to you through his word. So then you've got to, I've got to, we've got to make sure we're growing in our knowledge and comprehension and understanding of God's word. That's truth, man. And then a tree has got branches. And so one branch is the outward branch. And if we become a holy huddle, we've lost our tree. We have to kind of reach out beyond just these walls to people who don't know about Christ at all. And there's another branch that goes this way. And this is the community branch, the welcome branch, which says, this is a community. You know, you belong in here. And we try and love and know you and, you know, care about you. And in that branch, somewhere there's a bird's nest. Trees serve. We got to serve. Those are our five values, which you already know. You should write or know about those things. But I think today, I want to change that up just a little bit because I think we can do all those things and not do the most important thing. I think we can fulfill all those things and still miss the things that I think Jesus said is the most important thing. So I'm going to read you verses that you've never heard before. Brand new verses, I'm pretty sure. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not Love, it profits me nothing. I would like to speak with an angel. I look forward to that someday. So, how's it been being in the presence of God all day, you know? But if I did, and if I could, without love, bong, bong, <laughs> noisy gone. Or, he says, if, if I had the gift of, of, of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and had the faith to move mountains, if I could tell you the mysteries of COVID, and when it's going to be gone, and if I could stop it, but have not love, it promised me nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I am nothing. I think, of all the things that we need to be reminded of, in a world that ceases to love very well, well, you watch your news stories, any news, any news station, and if they've done their job, you're mad. I want my way. I want justice. I'm out of those bad guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. The greatest is not our righteousness, but our love. They're not, they're not in contra they're not in contradict, they don't contradict each other. It should be righteousness in love. Right? And if we don't do that, we're doing it wrong. So, but I think that Jesus takes this one step further. Now go with me here. It's a little bit, I'm going to face some crazy stuff here. I think there are hierarchies of kinds of love. I think there's a greater kind of love and there are lesser kinds of love, but there's still love along the way. For example, Jesus, man, you talk about social distancing. When there was a leper, he would have to stand back there and say, unclean, unclean, and like... The, the, the people would like scatter because no one wanted to catch what he had. 
They didn't have N95 masks then. They just, I'm, an, I'm a leper. They all, and so Jesus walks up and puts his hand on him. Oh, touch is so powerful, hey? He puts his hand on him and says, how you doing, pal? Be healed. And we say, how loving. I don't think so. I think Jesus would say, go with me, hang with me. I think Jesus would say, that is not the most loving thing I've ever done. And then we kind of get um, mental illness and sometimes demoniac stuff mixed, mixed up. They're different, but sometimes they come together. So in Mark 5, it came together. This man who was possessed by demon. And we have uh, depression and anxiety and, and self-mutilation. And this man was depressed and anxious. And he took stones and he gouged himself with stones. And he cried out, ah! And he lived among the, he lived on the, the tombstones. And they would try and put ropes on him and he would break the bonds. And, and Jesus said, come out of him. Go into the pigs. And it says the man was given back his right mind. And we say, what a loving thing to do. And I think Jesus would say, that is not the most loving thing I've done. He transformed common fishermen and tax gatherers into apostles who would be leaders of the early church. I don't think that was the most loving thing he's done. He spoke to a woman who was socially rejected. She had a bad past. Everybody knew about it. She was Samaritan. And he asked her for water. I don't think he said that's the most loving thing he did. He raised Lazarus to life. I don't know. When I think about that picture, I know the sad of loss. He made everybody glad all over again. But I don't think he'd say that's the most loving thing he did. He forgave sins. He, a man was let down on a stretcher. He forgave his sins. He taught truth about God. He taught all the time to 5,000 people when they couldn't go home. He fed them all with loaves of fish, uh, loaves of bread and a couple of fish. He transformed water. So what is it then? If all those things, I could go on and on, I won't. I go, hold much closer. What defines then the greatest kind of love? John chapter 15. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If you have a blue Bible in front of the chair or maybe under the one you're sitting on, it's on page 1677 in your blue Bibles. It, and I'm going, to go, I'm going to go to three passages today. So I'm going to bounce around a little bit. This is the first one. There'll be two more. I'll give you page numbers so you'll be able to find it, okay? I am in uh, John chapter 15. And you'll know the, the context. This is a, the, the vine and the branches thing. Verse 1, he says that, you know, my father's the, the, the gardener and, and I'm the true vine and you're the branches. But look over, if you would please, at verse 12. My suggestion is this. Oh, no, no, right? My command is this. And he's talking to his disciples. Love each other as I have loved you. Okay, well, how have you loved us? Verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. There it is. So in somehow, the greatest love has got to involve sacrifice or laying down of my life for my friends. And, and you are my friends if you do what I command. And I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's business is. Instead, I've called you friends. And greater love has no one than he lay down his life for his friends. So dear church, 
The command is this, which I have to give it to you like a command. I, I'm not, I'm not, it's not a suggestion. Here's Jesus' command, 2022. Lay down your life for your friends. That's all. Let's go home. Okay. <laughs> really? I mean, on the one hand, it's pretty simple. What does that mean? How do we do that? What did Jesus do? Okay. One, the, second, the second pass I want to take you to now is, here's what Jesus did. Um, uh, it's, it's Philippians 2. I know you know that passage. It's kind of a famous passage as well. Philippians 2. It's over on page 1827. This is the second passage. There's one more I'll take you to after this one. Verse 5. On page uh, 1827, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. So here's how Jesus first laid his life down. One, he laid apart what he had in heaven. Who was he before he was born? The Son of God. For how long? Eternity. He, he left can you imagine all the angels would bow down before him? You know, he was like the Son of God, and everyone knew it. He left all of that to take on flesh. He was fully God while he was here, but he laid aside access to some of his parts of his divinity. For example, when he was in heaven, he was omnipresent everywhere at the same time. He was spirit. But when he came to earth, he took on flesh. He laid it aside. Somehow he sacrificed who he was. And then, when he came and took a residence here, you know, in the most humble way, it says, but he made himself nothing. He made himself nothing. He could have been the head guy. You know, the, he could have come through the, the temple and been the, the high priest. He wasn't. He made himself like a rogue rabbi. His students, who were his students? Who did he study under? He took a, and he served everybody. And lastly, there's something that only Jesus could have done. Please, folks, don't get callous to what I'm about to say. Please don't let this go. And being found in appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So when we say that Jesus gave up his life for ours, he gave up his life For us. And then he says, do the same. You. Do the same. I can't do that. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, only Jesus could do that. So, anyway, I'm looking for Old Testament stuff to kind of like, this would be my, my third passage. Who's the Old Testament picture? of someone who gave up their life for someone else wonderfully. You thinking? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Moses. I think there's one person. Well, I know there was. Probably more than one, but there's one book that was written about the way God loved Israel. And he did it through a picture. And the picture was, the woman's name was Ruth. 
click, click, click. Some of you may know the story. But I'd like to just tell you the story of a person who lived out what it means to lay down her life for someone else. So go back to the book of Ruth. This is the last place. We'll kind of stay here together. Joshua Judges Ruth. Um, it's on page, oh, I don't know. We'll find it in a second here. It's on page 411. So you should be in Ruth now here. I want to just tell you the story because I think this lady got it. Jesus said, here's what I want you to do. And I think Ruth did it. I think she got the gold medal like this is what it looks like. So in the days when the judges were ru ruled, I'm in verse 1 of Ruth 1, there was a famine in the land and a man from Bethlehem in Judah. Oh, Bethlehem. Okay. That's where Jesus was born. That's where David was born. Yeah, yeah, Bethlehem. Okay, got that. Together with his wife and two sons went to live for a while in the country of Moab. So if Bethlehem was Milwaukee, then Moab was New York. It was like to the east, across the Dead Sea. Um, and so they were out of there. So what happened was Israel had food. Bethlehem means house of bread. And then there was no rain, and then there was no grain, and then there was no food. And this guy said, honey, I've got enough grain to last us a week, and then I don't know how you and I will live. So we can stay here and die, or we can go look for food. I've heard they got food in Moab. Moab? We're not going to Moab, that Canaanite place. They have different gods down there. We're not going to Moab. They can't even come and do our worst deed. No, we're not. Honey, we're going. And so verse 2, the man's name was Elimelech, and his wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilian. And they were Ephratites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab, and they lived there. Now, Limelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left with her two sons. And they married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other named Ruth. And as they lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilin also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. No social security, that was it. You saw how destitute she was. Her social security was her husband and her two kids. And she was alone. She looked around, there were two daughters-in-law. It doesn't say there any kids there, just two daughters-in-law. Uh, and when she heard, that, heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of the people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home, back to Judah, from there. And with her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. I'm going home. Daughters-in-law, you're coming with me. There's food back there. Let's get out of here. Then Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Go back. Each of you to your mother's home. You've got a home. You've got family. You've got a mother. Go back. Um, may the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. There's hope there. Go back to your mom her family, and there might be a new husband for you. There's hope back there. With me, there's no hope. She kissed them, and they wept aloud and said to her, we will go back to be with your people. We'll hang out with those Jewish guys. They'll be okay. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would, I, why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons? This all makes perfect sense. What she says now makes great logical sense. 
will have more sons who could become your husbands. Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. And even if I thought there was still hope for another husband uh, for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried to wait for them? No, my daughters. It's more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hands gone out against me. At this they wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. Goodbye. It made sense. Naomi convinced her. It makes sense. Mom, I get it. But Ruth clung. Now listen to Ruth's words. Listen to her words. Uh, look, Naomi said, your daughter-in-law, your sister-in-law is going back home to her people and her gods. Go back with her. Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. And your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. And where you die, I will be buried. Okay. She's about to give her life up for her mother-in-law. She's about to leave her home, her mother's family, everything she ever known, and it starts with an act of her will. I'm going to do this, Mom, and, and, I, and, and you're just not going to stop me because I'm as stubborn as you are, and I'm not going to stop, and I am going to do this. Folks, I think, I think, that in order to fulfill and honor Jesus' command, it begins with an act of our will. Will we or will we not honor his command? Will we or will we not love someone in 2022 in a sacrificial way? Now, many of you guys are hitting this out of the park. Many of you are doing this really, really, really well. I just think this is the mark that Jesus wants his church to be known by. Those Christians are all crazy. They love like they love like crazy. We bought a bunch of, of people from Afghanistan here, and it was the church that brought all their clothes and their gloves. And it was the church that tried to help find them place. And it was Yeah. <laughs> My question is, will you? So I, you know, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody or anything. It's just saying that one guy when he got married said to his wife, I will. And she went to a care facility. And for years, he said, I still will. And so every day at the care facility, he would show up. You know what they did together? Watch TV, read books. Because he said, I will. That's love. That is love. For those of you who've got busted up, broken up families, will to love them sacrificially. For those of you whose world is crazy, will to take your crazy schedule and move it aside so that you even know who these folks are. Some of us can't possibly fulfill this because we just don't know anybody. And we like it that way. Please. Wrong. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved. And then, and then, um, 
So I think it begins with resolve or an act of the will. Um, you know, it's just going to be that way. I didn't get this. I, I think it's the coolest thing because this is exactly what Jesus did. I will go to the cross. I will not be stopped. I will come to earth. I will not be stopped. I will serve people. I will not be stopped. I will. And then it says, Jesus in Philippians 2, he took on flesh. He became one of us. He became like us in every way. And, 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 and Ruth did not say, I'll go to your folks. He said, I'll make your people my people. Ooh, that's a different thing. Uh, uh, the one that says, well, we'll go back to your home, mom. We'll go back. No, 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 no. Not Ruth. She said, uh-uh. I'm going to identify with you. I'm going to love the people that you love. Moab was a Canaanite place. It had false gods. They did child sacrifice and orgies as part of their religious experience. And she said, I'm going to reject all that garbage and I'm going to embrace a God who won't even let me into their, in their temple. I'm going to embrace him as best I know because I want to identify with him so much. Um, so before I came here, I was in Chicago. And uh, uh, their team is not playing football today, by the way, I don't think. Uh, I was in a black-white church. And I just loved it. I mean, I just loved it. It was just so good. And we had people who had come from the suburbs they come to help work in the city. You know, they'd kind of come in and they'd help us do stuff and we'd fix stuff. And they'd, there was a, a church on the road and they'd come in and help us and stuff. But everyone knew after a while, if you really wanted to help the city, if you really wanted to love the people who were in the city, you had to move to the city. You had to live where they lived. You had the same dogs barking that they hear barking in the morning. Smell the same fumes of the traffic. You had to be there. And Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us as one of us. So I don't know, man. You know, I mean, some of you have a heart for our people who are in care facilities. I don't think we go because, like, we're so great and they should be happy that we're here. We go because we're like one another, right? We're us. And then I'll go on, you know, I'm about done here, but really, so, so they kind of move in together, right? And then there's this mother-in-law and the daughter, they move in together. And you know what Nomi says the very next day they're in there? She says, Mom, would it be okay with you? I mean, may I have your permission? Would it be okay if I go out and glean a little bit in the field so we can have some food to eat? I'm like, what? Yeah, that'd be good. You know, what? She asks her. What are you doing asking me? I'm, I'm to be dependent on you. No, no, no. I'm treating you still with the honor and respect of my mother-in-law because I'm laying down my... She didn't say this. I'm laying down my life. Jesus didn't push his life into anybody's world. He wasn't pushy or ugly. He honored those he came to serve. So this week on, on, in front of Moody Monthly, uh, there's a magazine that my college went to. and It's about it's Bible college. It's got the name Moody on it. And there's a, a young lady there who's there. And, and she's laying down her life for others. You know who she's laying her life down for? There was a little girl once who went to the park to play. And she never came back. She was stolen. And she was stolen by traffickers. This is a true story. 
and, uh, and she was trafficked into an evil, dark world for years. And now, this dear lady who's now in the face, the face of the cover movie, her job is to lay her life down to take these dear women who have been rescued out of this dark stuff and she treats them with dignity and honor as she provides housing and she teaches them how to cook and how to sew and how to do jobs and how to work the internet. And she gives them back her honor. She's not feeling sorry for them. They're very competent, very capable. She's just sacrificing her life for somebody else's by giving them honor. I don't think that's the coolest thing on the planet, you know? It's like, well, I'm so good. I'm so condescending. I'll help you. No, no. She's like, I see. I see the way God sees you. God sees you as a treasure, not broken goods. That's what the church gives. We give value to throw away things. We see the value in the stuff that other people throw away and call garbage. We say, no, treasure, treasure. I see it. And you will know that I... That I believe it because I'm living it. Now, some of you are saying, I would do this. I think. I'm not sure. Maybe. It's like a lot of work. It says she worked the whole day. She got about a, worked the whole day, got about, and then she, she gathered the stuff, and she, I don't know how it works. She took the barley and beat it, you know, and got the ends off. She got about a omer or, 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 or uh, uh, about a, a bushel of, of grain that she carried home. Mom. Here's what I got. I worked the whole day. It says she worked the whole barley harvest. Then she worked the whole wheat harvest. She worked it. I think, I think, in order to love, it's going to take work. To will to do something is one thing. To work it is something else. I think the most important work that we have to do is to love one another like Jesus loved us. Finding needs, meeting those needs. So you know what, folks? Ask God where and how he wants you to love. Some of you are already just doing it so well. I'm not trying to add one thing to your basket. Some of you, you really have got this thing figured out. I mean it, since we're honored to be with you. All those of us are just too busy. And we don't know what to do. We're just too busy. I mean, I can show you. My, my, I know, I know, I know. Will you or won't you? 2022 will be characterized by things that are of most importance. Love. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you. Um, and I confess, I don't often remember, I don't often think to marvel at your love for me. And I know it, and I can teach it, I can think about it. But God, sometimes that you would love us and love me in that way. You gave up everything that I might know you. So, Father, please forgive me for being too busy to love somebody else. Please forgive me for not even thinking about it. Please forgive me 
We're redefining it. We want to obey you. And we want to love you. Help us, I pray. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.